Welcome to the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the nationally recognized preferred provider for asset protection and tax planning in the nation. This show is for real estate investors looking to protect their assets, save on taxes, and build their wealth with Clint Coons. Clint is an attorney, author, avid real estate investor, and featured instructor at Anderson's tax and asset protection events held throughout the country. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back here. I got a great episode now in store for you today. And this, and in this episode, what I wanted to do is kind of step outside what we normally talk about, asset protection, tax planning for real estate investors, and talk about something that we all need, and that's tenants. Now, you know that when you're bringing in tenants, especially after the pandemic, you know, there's a lot of questions out there because we have people that have not been paying. And how are we going to screen these tenants so we don't inherit someone else's problem that they're trying to jettison and now it becomes our problem? So it's going to be tough for the next several years. And the key is, is we need to go through some criteria on how to establish who we should be renting to. So we're not going to be caught in this vicious cycle of bringing tenants in and then kicking them out two or three months later. And you know what it's like if you're using a professional management company, property management company, every time there's a turn, that's more money out of your pocket. And you're actually going backwards and never forwards. So we want to use great screening processes. Now, the person I wanted to bring on today is someone who is an expert in this field, has a background in uh, doing background searches on individuals. His name is David Pickering with Rent Perfect. David, thanks for coming on. Oh, it's glad to be there, Clint. Thank you so much for having me. Clint, before we get going, let me ask you a question. We're always talking about property and taxes and how we can save money, but how much is a good tenant worth, right? How much are they worth? And we never really think about that. So if we can find the right person that pays you a couple grand a month for five years, that's $120,000. So let's look at these guys as just a lot of money and let's spend some time to find that person who can pay you that in the next five years. Excited well, just like when you're buying a property, if you find that there's yeah. a tenant in there that's been in there for four years, that becomes a very attractive property to you because it's likely that that person is going to stay there for another four years. And, and those are things I look for. My partner and I, when we're investing, uh, we do a lot of investing, as people know, in, in right. Salem. So you're right. That to have stable tenants is key to managing your own cash flow. Absolutely. So got to make sure we're getting them in there. All right. So here's a question that's really come up. I think it's going to come up even more. It's come up with me. Is that you look out there and you had all these moratoriums on collecting rent. Federal government wanted to pass another one and they finally got <laughs> shot down and states right. are getting in there. Right. This ends. I mean, it's going to be a landlord's nightmare. So, so what's going to go on? It's a little hard to seize people's personal property, take it over and start managing their property. You know, I tell a lot of my property managers right now, I tell them, listen, you're not really the owner of the property. You're partners with the government right now, because if you try to evict someone, you can't. So how can you be the owner in a way, right? So they've, they've taken our property, but hopefully now we get it back. So how do we protect ourselves in the next you know, month, two months, year, two years? What can we do to find those right renters? Because like you said, we want long-term renters. That's the way we make money in long-term holds. We don't make money flipping properties, as everybody knows. We don't make money painting and putting in new floors. We want to set it and forget it. And let them go. So we want to talk about that today. So tell me then. So after now, what do you see this going in the next several months as far as if I'm a landlord and I'm screening tenants, what are some things I need to look out for in bringing in tenants? I love that. So first of all, there is a lot of things stacked against us. Let's let's just be honest. I love to be positive. 
but there's a lot of things stacked against us. There's a lot of regulations still. There's a lot of courts that are withholding data. Did you know two years ago, the credit bureaus pulled off all evictions? They pulled off all judgments and all liens. They're not on the credit bureaus anymore. So if you're going to get an eviction search, you have to get a company like ours to go into the courts to pull those evictions. Now, the reason the credit bureaus took all those off is because they were getting sued. They were putting the wrong data on the wrong people's file. So if you had a John Smith, right, when we file our evictions, we don't put date of birth in the file or social security because that's people's private information. So they were having a hard time matching these liens and eviction records up to the right credit bureau records. So they said, you know what, we're done getting sued. We got sued by the federal government. We're taking them off. When we report rent payments through our company to the credit bureaus, we can only report the positive rent payments, not the negative ones. So my point is, is credit bureaus are actually working against us a little bit. They're still valuable, but they're not as valuable as they used to be. Have you heard of Experian Boost, that that new Experian Boost? Have you seen Mm -hmm. those commercials? They're realizing that they're not giving us all the information we need on those credit bureaus. So they're allowing the consumer now to start reporting their own credit to their own credit bureau. And that's what consumer boost is because they realize they're getting irrelevant if they can't give us evictions. They can't give us, you know, the things that we need to make those right decisions. So we have to know as landlords, we're kind of, the the, the odds are stacked against us a little bit. So you want to make sure and you get the right company. We're a private investigation company. It's a little bit different than your standard online database company that you get instant results. You got to spend some time on the front end and really understand who's applying with you. Because can an applicant be a bad applicant be nice, Clint? Can a bad applicant be nice? Yeah, they are. Absolutely. Everybody wants something, right? So you can never tell. Some of my old clients are always like, oh, you know, my gut feeling was I'd let them in because they were just really good people. My gut, gut feelings are out the door. They're gone. It is now a good background screening and a good criteria finds you that renter that'll be there for five years. Okay. So as it stands right now, as we were talking about before we started here, if I'm screening a tenant, can I find out if they were evicted because they weren't paying rent during the pandemic? Okay. So as we know, there's an eviction moratorium. So it doesn't mean that there weren't evictions that went through. They had some parameters that they had to jump through. And if they couldn't jump through the parameters, actually people could be evicted during the eviction moratorium. So, but very few evictions went through. So there's not a lot of things for screening companies like me to look at over the last year because there weren't a lot of evictions filed. So if someone didn't pay their rent, how do we know that? How can we find that out? And one of the things we're teaching here is a lot of people old school will say, hey, call the landlord. Clint, if I called you and you had a guy not paying you for two, three, four, five months, are you going to be super honest with me? Because I'm making probably, your problem, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, I love landlords and we have a great, great clients and everything. And I want everybody to be successful. But I probably, in a selfish way, a little bit have my own back and say, hey, I need this guy to move out because I need to get someone who's going to start paying me rent or I'm going to lose the property. So unfortunately, a current landlord right now might not tell you the truth. You want to go two landlords back. But I've got something even better. And it's going to sound a little tedious at first. But the reality is, is our next applicants, we want them to work a little harder to move into our property. We want to see who is willing to work a lot, a little harder. Who's willing when a pandemic happens and they lose their job, who's willing to go get another job instead of sit home and cry. But we want that behavior of, I am going to not be a victim and I am going to move forward. I'm going to be responsible. That's who I want as my, what I call my business partner or my renter. 
All right. So I want them to work a little harder. So here's what we're teaching. 12 months bank statements. Now I have a lot of my clients, 12 months bank statements. David, that's like a little excessive, isn't it? No, I want to know, you know, I even will probably go over 12 months because I want to know last July and last August, you know, were you paying your rent? I don't care if you're on unemployment. I don't care if you lost your job. That happened to some of my tenants, but they made me a priority and they paid me rent. And that's what I want to know. Because if I'm going to have the next tenant for the next five years, there's going to be problems in the next five years. I don't see our next five years being perfect. There's going to be problems in people's lives. How do they handle it? And how do they make sure and make me a priority? So 12 months bank statements, most people have it on their phones, print it out, circle all the rent that's going out the door in those bank statements. So you can see that they paid their rent. And that's proof, paper, that's on paper. As a private investigator, I just don't trust prior landlords and what they tell me. Yeah, I mean, the bank statements makes a lot of sense, too, because then you get an idea of like like you stated, who did they prioritize? Did they prioritize spending money on a new boat or was it paying rent? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, when you and I buy properties, if our mortgage company says, hey, Clint, I need your bank statements for the last 12 months, it's no big deal. You just go get it. You give it to them and you don't think twice about it. You don't go, oh, that's a little excessive, don't you think? You just do it. And I'm looking for those tenants who will just do it. Yeah, I was talking to one of my clients the other day, and he was complaining about the fact that he was speaking to his tenant, and he said, listen, the government will pay your rent for you. He, he was behind on the rent right. several months. He said, listen, all I need you to do is sign this form, and then they'll pay it. And the tenant said, I really don't care because <laughs> I don't have to pay you. I'm not going to spend any time doing this. I mean, it just it astounds me because those that guy's going to be out of there. As soon as that man's able to evict him, he's going to evict him. And then where else is he going to go? Well, you know, if uh, we went through this whole PPP money thing for businesses last mm-hmm. summer and the banks got that money out fairly quickly, and they even went into a round two. If the government wanted to get money to landlords, they could get it to them. They got it to businesses, right? But what they did is instead of going through banks or going to landlords, they went through the government then to go through applicants. Applicants aren't signing up for this rent relief. And that's why they're saying, hey, there's so much money. We're not getting it out the door. Well, they're acting like the bottleneck is in the government. It's more than just in the government. The bottleneck is because the the tenants are not going to apply for that, too, because they don't care. Now, I'm making a general broad brush. I'm sure some do care. But it's not just in the government. The bottleneck is in the tenants, too. Yeah, for those of you who are not aware of that, I cut a video. You can find it on my my YouTube channel about things you could be doing now, where to apply to get funds. If you have a tenant that has not been paying rent, there's a lot of money floating around out in the system that you can go back and collect on if you can work that out with your tenant. All right, so so moving on then. So we talked about you're going to ask for bank statements, but there's something else, right? Because credit checks, it sounds like, are, are out, out because of the fact that they don't report on whether or not they've been evicted. You, you can't find out from the landlord. But how do you know you're just not going to get some deadbeat in there? Because a company like ours is going to go right into the courts that are in the area where the applicant or tenant lives. Mm-hmm. So but we're going to be looking for misdemeanor records. We're going to be looking for felony records. We're going to be looking for eviction records. We're going to be looking at that credit. And we're going to give you all that information. Now, I, you usually don't see somebody who has a, you know, a three-year-old drug felony with a 750 FICO score. We get you so much information that usually if the credit scores are bad, there might be some history there, some criminal history there. So 
my my key is is let's get you as much information as we can. We can't rely on just a credit bureau anymore. We can't re- rely on just a criminal history check anymore. We have to get a bunch of data, as much data as we can, and we have to look at the totality of the person. And then we have to have a detailed criteria. And a lot of people don't have that right now, Clint. And that is so critical to have to keep you out of trouble. What do you mean by that? What's a detailed criteria? Okay, so you have to lay out now exactly who qualifies for your property on paper. So everybody's treated the same. So at this property, I expect 650 score to be approved, 600 to 650 conditional. I'll I'll kind of put it in a little bit of a gray area, but then 600 and below, you're not approved for this property. I'm also won't allow anybody with a felony record within the last five years or a misdemeanor within the last three years. I don't allow collections against landlords for the last two years. I mean, we have a sample criteria that we will send out to everybody if you want to um, email info at rentperfect.com, but it gives you really this detailed list. And the reason we need it is because we can no longer make these decisions on whether we're going to rent some. We have to run them through this criteria, treat everybody the same, and they either get approved or they get declined based on our criteria. So you better have your criteria perfect. It can't be too high. And it can't be too low. Yeah. Now, to, to that end, I'm going to put my attorney hat and play devil advocate. So I, I agree with all that because it's like objective criteria and, and it takes away this. Well, I looked at them and there's something right. about them I didn't like. And you can say, right. no, they just didn't fit here. But there was an interesting case a few years back out of Savannah, Georgia. So here's what an individual did, landlord. He had it set up and he'd been running this for years. If you had a prior felony conviction, okay. you were not qualified then to rent from him. Well, he was sued for racial discrimination. Yep. And they said that his felony conviction had a disparate impact on a certain yep. segment of the population that was more right. prone to have felonies, right. therefore was inherently biased or racist as a result of that. And well, it was it was an interesting legal argument for someone to bring. It, it uh, is, yeah. but but fair housing is kind of looked at it like this. If they have a criminal history, you really have to do now. See, I said, I said, have a criteria and treat everybody the same. We've heard that. We've heard that. But now they're coming up with this. They want you to do an individual assessment. So if you find a criminal history, you have to do now an individual assessment, which is how long ago did the crime occur? How old was the person when they did it? Have they been in, in any real rehabilitation that they can prove? And does this affect your property? Those are questions they want you to ask. So if it's a shoplifting misdemeanor 12 years ago, they're probably going to say, hey, does this really affect your property? And so you've got to really understand criminal records and say, hey, this affects me or it affects the neighbors or it affects my property. So two years ago, bank robbery or assault. Yeah, you probably can prove that. But I would recommend not going over seven years on anything but sexual related sex offenses, because um, those are proven to never, you're never rehabilitated from a sex offense. But other than that, I would not say, like, use the word ever. I would never say felony ever, misdemeanor ever. I would go to seven years max on that. Yeah. And then I would do the individual assessment. And that's kind of covering what you're just talking about. I know. I agree. I would keep it recent. Because the other thing, too, is we don't want to hold people to the standard where you did something like you stated 10 years ago. Now you've you got a scarlet letter on you. People can receive themselves. Absolutely. And, to, and I think you have to give them a chance to do that. There, there are two people I find as I review criminal records every single day. They're the one that did it and learned from their lesson. Mm-hmm. That's a good guy, right? I mean, guys, I, 
national podcast radio. When I was 16, I got stealing a little candy bar. I just my frontal lobe wasn't fully developed. I didn't fully understand it, right? Luckily, I was underage. And there were things probably I did in college that were illegal. I just didn't get caught on. I hope my kids aren't watching this, right? But then there's the guy who doesn't, he doesn't learn from his lesson and just drug charge after drug charge after theft charge. That's the criminal, the career criminal we do not want living in your property. Because think of Clint, when you have someone like that, who are they going to invite over as their friends? Yep. They run a certain crowd. Yeah. You're not just going to have one of them. You're going to have a whole crowd over there. And we've already seen if it's drugs, what do they like to do? What do you think they're going to be doing in your property? That's what we have to assume. So the way to do that then is what I'm hearing is uh, we want to make sure we're doing a criminal background check and we're getting 12 months of bank statements and we're going through those to see who, right. how they prioritize our bills. Are there any other other steps as well? Not really. I just, I always teach that, you know, some people teach about showing your property with a lockbox mm-hmm. and not being there on the property. And I don't know what you guys teach or, or and there's good and bad to, bad to both, but I tell you, as a landlord myself, I love to meet what I call my future business partner the first time in person. And I ask them a lot of questions. Being a private investigator, I say, hey, where are you from? Where are you moving from? I listen for things like if they stutter on their answers. Your human brain can, when it wants to tell a lie, needs to, t- needs to take a second and stutter before they can answer something immediately. So if I say, hey, where are you coming from? And you're like, um, well, um, and you're giving me, an, and you don't even know where you're living right now or coming from, then I have to ask, well, wait a minute, probably on the background, we're going to find some issues are probably going to be living with their parents when they're 40 years old, because they don't want me to see the eviction, you know, that they had on their, their past residence. So I would say, make sure that you show your properties in person. And I also look for, I look for that victim mentality. And I look for when they are bad mouthing their current landlord. I know that's how they're going to talk about me too. They didn't return my phone call. They didn't fix anything. They didn't. That tells me they might be a pain in the butt tenant. And, you know, I just don't have a lot of time to manage like that. I mean, I can move that to property managers and people who want to manage those people, but I'm very selective. I mean, they pass my criteria. Don't get me wrong, but I'm very selective because I'm not a full-time landlord. I run a couple businesses and I have all of my portfolio on the side that I manage myself. And so I'm a little bit uh, different because... I don't like to manage, to be honest with you. I like to invest. I like to buy. I like to sell. But I don't, uh, my favorite thing is it to deal with people. Okay. So you guys have a company. It's called Rent Perfect. Right. And so what does it do? So Rent Perfect is really cool. So I built it as a landlord. Rent Perfect, when you show your property and someone says, hey, I want it, you get on an app. You push a few buttons, it sends them an online application. They fill out their online application. It gives you their online application, their criminal history, their um, credit. It gives you address histories where they've lived, not where they tell you they've lived, but where they've really lived. We give you that information. So you look over the application, you look over all that data. If you like them and you say, hey, this is my next business partner, then you go ahead and push the button and go to the lease process and you fill out your lease, you process your lease, you send it to them, they sign it online, you sign it online. And then you have a move in and move out inspection. So you can make sure you document your property, how what shape it was in when you give it to them. And then you can go ahead and set rent pay up on our platform and get your rent put right into your bank account every month on the first. So no more waiting for checks in the mail, no more them dropping off checks. So it's a complete platform, but the reality is the core of it is helping you find that right renter. It's the background, it's the credit. That's the core of it. Everything else is just a great perk 
So about. let's assume that I found um, there's four tenants, right? Potential tenants. Mm-hmm. And how do you take them and put them into your, your, your system? I'm not sure on the, how that piece works. So say you and I were having lunch, Clint, and someone mm-hmm. called me and said, hey, I want, I want your property. You and I could still have lunch. I'd look down at my app. I'd get their email address and their cell phone. It would send them an email and a text inviting them to apply for my property. And you and I then would continue with lunch while they go fill out the property. I'm not meeting them with a paper application. I'm not faxing it. I'm not getting it off of Word and email and scanning. I'm not... uh, going back and getting it later. I'm not inputting all of your data into the rent perfect system. I'm letting them do all of that while I continue to have lunch with you. It's how about perfect. the bank statements? How do how do you obtain those? Is, is the system set up to collect that from them? Yes, or? it's system set up to collect their IDs. So we're going to get their IDs. We're going to get their um, paycheck stubs. We're going to get their bank statements and they're going to upload that all into our system. So you have all the data at your hands. You don't have to go chase anything. So even if they didn't send something, say they spent, they sent six months worth of bank statements, you could go back and say, hey, go back into your portal and update and send in six more months. And so they can come in later and update that too if they, they don't send it to you the first time. How long have you guys been doing this? Since 1992. So we were around wow. even before the internet came around. Um, I actually owned an eviction company out here in Arizona. And I started realizing I had all these evictions at certain apartment communities and I had no evictions at other apartment communities that lived right, that were right next door to each other. And I went in as a young 20 year old. I'm like, well, wait a minute, I want to get more evictions here. So how can I, you know, and I soon learned that it was the way they screened their applicants. And I said, well, I have the biggest eviction database in Arizona. So I started having all these clients come to me, say, hey, run me a credit bureau and, and run them through your eviction database. And that's how I got into screening years ago, long before the internet even was around. Wow. All right. So if somebody wants to learn more, where should they go? So www.rentperfect.com. Great. And I'll have that in the show notes. Hey, David, thanks for coming on. Is there any parting comments you want to leave? Hey, we're going to put a discount link for your viewers down in your view. We're going to give them a discount. Great. Now, this this is the great thing. We didn't talk about price at all, but just so someone doesn't have to go hunt for this. This is a $4.95 sign-up fee one time, one time, not monthly, not annually, just a one-time fee. And then the applicants pay for everything else. They pay $39 for the background, the, the credit. So it doesn't cost your clients any money at all other than the initial $4.95. It's like an app fee to set it up. Yeah. And then it's a no-brainer, but it's a full landlord suite. We have clients that have 2,500 properties on it. Most of our clients have under 20. Is kind of our core. So we work really well for those uh, those investors, like I said, with a lot, but, but most of our clients, one to 20 properties, and it works perfectly. Nice. Well, I know this is something people are going to be needing going forwards as things get a little crazy out there. Is trying the to rental find that pool right is going to be The rental pool is going to be tough when everybody gets evicted. I'm telling you, there's going to be crazy stuff out there. Make sure you find the right renter for you. Absolutely. David, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode. 